0: Hello, welcome to INV Unfiltered, the podcast of INV Fintech. We bring you, or we try to bring you, the best and brightest in fintech. And today I have one of those, Margo Avedesian of Transform Group. Welcome Margo.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: So, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Transform?
1: Sure. So, uh, I've been in the Bitcoin blockchain space since 2012. I was an entrepreneur in that space, Uh, a couple of my companies are still around. Uh, And then after leaving my last startup, I uh, actually was gonna get more on entertainment, but I ran into Michael Turpin, who has been in the PR space for decades. And in early 2013, he started doing PR for blockchain companies. And so I ended up joining Transform Group. Uh, We are a PR firm. I feel like we do more than PR. We do a lot of consulting stuff as well. And uh, we represent most of the successful ICOs. So since 2013, we did Madesafe, the first one, Augur, Ethereum, um, we've done Quantum, um, Bancor, Matchpool, uh, Gnosis, Gollum, and I can go on and on and on. We've done over 60 of them. So at Transform Group, we are a PR firm that represents primarily blockchain companies and token sales.
0: What what are the PR needs of a company doing an ICO? Obviously, they need people to buy the tokens, right? Is that the what the, what are they what what are they trying to what word are they trying to spread?
1: So it's actually pretty multifaceted. Uh, you know, traditionally PR is getting press and that is definitely one of our main things. But we also help them kind of structure what how do you even do a token sale? Like you need to do a roadshow. Uh, You want people to buy your tokens, so you have to go to conferences, you have to meet people, you have to talk to people if you can, sponsor things, get up on stage if you can, Um, but basically going to these conferences, you're meeting people, potential buyers, potential whales, Uh, there's a lot of pre-ICO things that need to happen. Um, Also, to do a token sale, it's not as easy as I just want to raise money and people are going to give me money. Hmm. Uh, You have to have a really good idea. It has to involve blockchain. Um, You have to have notable people connected to it somehow, either founders and or advisors. Um, There's a lot of scrutiny that goes into doing a token sale. And now that we see the markets very oversaturated, you need to have things that make you stand out. And that is definitely true with getting press. Uh, you need to have something that signals to the press that what you're doing is not a scam, you're trustworthy, and you actually have the chops to pull off what you're trying to do. Because in a lot of cases, it's pretty complicated. You're trying to disrupt a whole uh, segment of an industry, you know, whether that is real estate or fashion or um, banking the unbanked, Uh, you know, anything you can imagine, there are people trying to disrupt that industry uh, with a token sale that has a blockchain component. Um, So we kind of help you do that. We help you get speaking spots at conferences. Uh, We help kind of frame your story and what to lead with and what we're, you know, we usually start with a concept launch, and anything that we deem somewhat newsworthy, putting together a press release, talking to the reporters we know, and uh, and trying to get your name out there. And so with crypto press, there's crypto press and mainstream press. Crypto press, you're more so getting people to buy your token.
0: Different audiences, right? Obviously, yes. for yeah.
1: And mainstream, I mean, you're probably not getting that many mainstream people. Uh, To buy your token Um, but what you are getting is something to help validate what you're doing and I mean who doesn't want to tell their mom they're in the Wall Street Journal you know
0: (laughs) what do your parents ask you what you do and do they what do you tell them
1: well they read my Wall Street Journal article (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I've been in this space for a really long time, and I have a video about how to do a successful token sale, and I I did one about what is blockchain, ICOs, how to invest in it, primarily geared towards women. Um, unfortunately, I didn't press record, so I have to make that again. And my mom was on one of them. And I asked her from 1 to 10, where were you when before I gave this talk and afterwards? She said she went from a 5 to a 7. In
0: understanding or In enthusiasm? In understanding. Okay. Understand, yeah. And then good. the next
1: day she texted me. She's like, you know, maybe I went from a 2 to a 3. Yeah. And I was like, that's a little more realistic. But I'm still even excited that you have some sort of understanding of it and it took her forever to even own any bitcoin i wouldn't say it's a whole bitcoin at this point maybe if when i was involved in 2012 if she had some it would be a different story but (laughs) uh but yeah it's it's complicated i think one of the main issues with mainstream people understanding that's gonna be my term mainstream people people (laughs) who are these crypto enthusiasts is that uh a lot of times i think people get really caught up in these details and if you think about a lot of things in our life we don't know all the details like i don't know why television turns on i just know it turns on and i can watch stuff. right
0: how your fridge works yeah
1: how your debit card works like yeah. what's the corresponding banking network like most people don't know things like that so i think because there's a lot of tech people right now that are involved uh the story it's it's it really me- makes a difference of telling the story in a way that people understand without getting into all the nitty-gritty details that you don't really necessarily need to know.
0: So, going back to the PR aspect, what were the PR needs of blockchain companies in 2013? Because back then, even you so said we cover fintech here, even even fintech people were just aware of Bitcoin really and, you know, yeah, there's a blockchain underlying it and like blockchain companies, well, I guess there was like Ripple and stuff, but And Trade Hill.
1: So I relaunched the first American Bitcoin exchange, Trade Hill, in 2012. And it originally launched uh, in 2011. And so the biggest hurdle was just getting what is Bitcoin out there. And I remember when mainstream media started writing about what is Bitcoin. And um, I actually just saw this New Yorker writer and he wrote this amazing piece about Bitcoin back then. And just getting people, just getting the word out there, getting it part of our um, language And how that this technology can provide all these different things. Because Bitcoin started really because of the financial collapse and all of the corruption and able to manipulate uh, data and money and spreadsheets. And so this technology was providing a way to really cut down in, in corruption and fraud because there's this level of transparency and the ledger's immutable. So getting kind of the story out there of, Of even what basics were, I think was important. And as an exchange trade hole, I mean, we wanted people to buy Bitcoin. So our main goal was getting what is Bitcoin out there so people would want to buy it. And um, either for speculatory reasons or that they something they really believed in. And it's kind of interesting, the change of when I started, it was more of an ideology. It was less about making money because, I mean, Bitcoin wasn't worth wasn't anything. Worth yeah. <laughs> and now that there's just huge gains to be made, and that's why people are really interested in the ICO market. And it's crazy. And and even just that point of getting people to have owned some sort of digital currency for them to be excited. I mean, of course, my main goal is not uh, everyone speculate and make money. It's more of this... Technology transforming different industries for all the reasons I mentioned before about using Bitcoin as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, you can't deny that there is a huge money-making opportunity. I mean, I know someone who put in $100,000 in the Ethereum token sale. And it was worth what I think three cents. Right. Nothing, now it's worth like three hundred dollars. Right. Right. So that's just you. Those are stories you hear, and uh, it's it's crazy. But it's very risky. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not saying that <laughs> everyone put all the money you have into token sales. But
0: um, are there companies that come to you guys and their their blockchain aspect is sort of tenuous? Like they're a fashion company, but they want to do block. They want to use blockchain for some small part of their business, and you're like you're not really a good candidate for this?
1: Yes, definitely. We had one, they were um, a record label in Oakland and they had no blockchain component. They just wanted to raise money and sell a token. And first of all, that's pretty illegal because if your token doesn't have a use, I mean, I'm not a lawyer here, but- You have
0: the securities. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: So like just doing that is kind of preposterous to me, but I mean, it's, it it. you're taking away what the actual, value is i mean you really need to be changing the world with using the blockchain technology i mean we've seen a lot of companies that already exist and now they're doing a token sale but blockchain just meshed so well with what they're doing Mm -hmm. whether it's allowing people in areas where uh, the company can't get bank accounts or reducing credit card fees or um connecting the Internet of Things using a blockchain and um, having that security layer. So it's not so much of, you know, just some random blockchain thing. It it has to have some sort of use case and it could be an established company and and we've definitely been seeing that. But yeah, there are people that just want to do token sale to make money and uh, yeah, we're not really interested.
0: Right, right. Because... It, it is a great way for a for startups to raise money, right? But you need to have some sort of token aspect, right? Because everyone wants to get out of the, the VC, you know, it's so hard to get VC money these yeah. days that I think people are like, oh, what about what about this? Well
1: yeah, and I I moderated a panel with some of the biggest VCs in the space and they said they don't usually barely ever invest in non-American companies. And we're seeing a lot of these blockchain companies that are international and some of them live all over the world, not even to together in one place as they're like a distributed company and i remember raising money in 2012 for a bitcoin exchange and i can't tell you how difficult it was you and, went through
0: the traditional vc yeah. route
1: Twice, yeah. Uh, two different companies and, and pitching the people and trying to explain these concepts. And they weren't even, you know, exchanges are, are pretty simple with what the use is and Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. But when you're adding in this whole other layer of um, disrupting some kind of area that uh, you're using a blockchain and it's adding this layer of security and distributed a ledger and you're just like, what are you talking about? You know, it's these white papers are really, really complicated. And usually what the blockchain is doing is not even just one thing. It's allowing a bunch of different things in order to either make the company better or different or have more security or peer to peer is really popular. That's what it allows, Mm -hmm. you know, we're adding in smart contracts and then what. What blockchain are you even using? So there's so many different layers and it gets really confusing. So having a pitch to investors who don't traditionally invest in this stuff is uh, probably would be three hour meetings every single time, like starting from the very beginning of, okay, let's start with what Bitcoin is and then (laughs) like move up to.
0: Right. But that said, there's a lot of scrutiny around ICOs these days. So that's from investors or that's from the entire community?
1: Uh, I mean, well, the government's definitely getting involved, and that's really not surprising to anyone who's been in the space for a while. Uh, the first thing I tell people is, you better have lawyers, and you're most likely not going to just have one. Uh, and there's two law firms in particular that have been in the space since I've been—I mean, even before probably—and mm-hmm. they—they know what they're doing, and it's not. P- people think like, oh a startup, I can just do whatever. It's like, no, you're in fintech. Like you can go to jail. I've known people who went to prison, you know, or the SEC can find you find you. It's not a, a space you wanna mess around with or, or push the boundaries, even if there are no boundaries. It's like you still have to draw these imaginary boundaries of worst case scenario, regulation wise, what is going to what are the laws gonna be? Mm-hmm. And you have to um basically abide by them, because you will definitely get in trouble if you don't.
0: And the, of course, these laws are still evolving and forming around us, right? So you need to be anticipate, in right. some sense, what's going what's gonna to happen. Yeah,
1: and we've seen that with the staff now, and people and being accredited investors before they're investing in token sales and pre-ICO's. So the, it's definitely catching on. It is definitely in the forefront of people who are doing this, uh, for the most part, I mean, I did see there was a couple ICOs that are getting in trouble with the government, and it's just not something you really want to mess around with. And I've seen a lot of uh, ICOs block Americans too.
0: what was the what was the trouble the ICOs were getting in?
1: I mean, they are basically selling a security, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, you can be fined for that, and in some cases, if you're running an unlicensed money transmitter, you can go to prison. Uh, so it just depends on, you know, what what you're doing and how you could possibly be scamming people. I mean, that is really that's just, that's something we hear a lot in the crypto community. Is this a scam or not? And trying to find processes and ways of whether or not this is a real viable company, because I think right now a lot of people investing are thinking, oh, my token's going to you know 10x, 30x, 100x. But really what you should be investing in is, do you think this team can carry out this vision and actually create what they want to make? Because having the money is, is like half the battle. I mean, still, you're still starting a company.
0: Right, you need to execute then. You've got, so you've got the funding, but you need to execute on whatever it is you're trying to do, Yeah. which is hopefully something real.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the pre-ICO pool that you're working on now and how do people uh, get involved in that?
1: So since I've been in the space a lot and I see a lot of deals and people either message me uh, because I've seen a video of mine about ICOs or Transform Group. Uh, I've come to and worked with a lot of ICOs. I kind of know what works and what doesn't. And so uh, I have a lot of people who are messaging me all the time about how to get involved and how to invest. So I joined forces um, with someone named Benjamin Reader, and we now have a pre-ICO pool and so we basically source and find or they find us uh, ICOs and we do our due diligence on it we do research we meet with the people and we write a memo basically detailing all the information about it and then we have um, and then we send an email to people in our pool who are accredited investors and uh, if usually, if the more money you have going into a pre-ICO, the better the discount. And it's hard enough to get into an ICO, let alone a pre-ICO, so we're kind of, I like to think of it as, as a bridge, and we kind of know more what to look for. Me, personally, uh, I, I really like more mature companies, companies that have had VC money, uh, and had them do all the due diligence in the beginning, and then have a blockchain aspect that, uh, really enhances what they're doing and changes, uh, the industry and has, uh, usually really kind of seasoned entrepreneurs. Uh, and so we, we have this, um, pool of, Companies that we're interested in, and then we send it out to people and tell them what the discount is, and if they want to be part of it, they can. Uh, it's not a fund; um, we're just not taking people's money. It's more of we're sending out these are the ones we like, and if people like it too, then they can be part of the deal. And um, and so there's a lot of due diligence with people who invest that comes into that, and we do it under a management company, uh, so it's not just us as individuals that are putting this fund on. Uh, sorry, this pool. <laughs> it's not, a, not fun. a fun. It's not a fun. Yeah. So it's kind of a way to, like I said, bridge people who want to invest in this space. And also it's better deals than the public ICOs.
0: So if people want to get involved in ICOs, if people want to do an ICO, how should they? how should they approach Transform?
1: Well... It's you have to have more than an idea if you want <laughs> if you want to talk to transform. I really recommend watching my video how to do a successful token sale because it talks about all the different parts that you need to think about. Um, you know, how many tokens are you going to have? Uh, you're going to need to do a roadshow. Um, who are your advisors? What is your company going to do? How is it going to change the world? All the different pieces that you really need to think about, uh, and you really in a way kind of need money before you even do any of this because. I mean, Transform isn't cheap, and neither is doing a roadshow at all all these conferences around the world and sponsoring. But really getting your name out there and having someone from the community kind of vouch for you. Um, I'm a really big proponent of advisors because you... You basically need them for their expert expertise and also for them vouching to the community. Um, getting a crypto, well-known crypto person who can introduce you to people and be like, "I believe in what they're doing." And even mainstream people—that's really important if you're if you want to get press. Like, if you have you know the CEO of Overstock as your advisor, that's going to really uh, mean something to the press. Opposed to you know you have your former coworker. From, you know, the grocery store or whatever.
0: Or Jamie Dimon. Yeah.
1: No, that, that would actually be really great. That would be That'd a be coup. Be, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I heard he's being investigated for trying to manipulate the price, so that's interesting. But, yeah. I mean... It's kind of, it's kind of funny to see someone so traditional be so anti this when he, what did he, he said people were idiots? Yes. Yeah, well, if you, if you bought or you had, you know, thousands of Bitcoin when it was like $10, are you really an idiot now? I mean, it's, you can just cash out, hedge. I mean, I know a lot of people who have a lot of Bitcoin and I don't think of them as idiots. <laughs> I
0: think he sold really early, and he's angry now. I, yeah, that's my personal theory.
1: Probably. I mean, he, it, the the market isn't you know so big you can't really manipulate it. So I I mean he probably could have pumped it up if he wanted to. I mean now we're getting big bigger where things like that less affected. But there was a time when it was yeah. So the crypto easy
0: market run. cap now is what it's a, enormous.
1: Yeah. It's. I mean, then that's all of them put together. Ethereum's right. getting pretty big too, and I mean, there's two that we focus on: Bitcoin and Ethereum. But there are a couple other ones out there that I think are really interesting. And like Quantum, for example, uh, they're Asia based, but they already have a mainnet. People can already build on them and they're more scalable right now than Ethereum. I mean, we'll see after the fork with Ethereum Um, and there's already people building on it and they had a really successful token sale and they have one of the Ethereum founders as an advisor. Um, So there's so many different options and other platforms for people to build on top of out there and they have different kind of positives and negatives. But it's so early right now. Um, And I guess that's what people are kind of betting on when they're investing in these tokens. Even though in most cases they're going to have a use in order to use a platform.
0: Right, right. All right, Margo, thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And um, if anyone wants to send me an email, if you're a credit investor and want to join my pool, you can find me at margo, M-A-R-G-A-U-X, at coolpool.me. Because we're the cool pool.
0: C O O L P O O L dot M E. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to INV Unfiltered.
1: Thank you.